0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Praise the Lord. While you're finding your seat, if you would go with me to the book of John, chapter 12. The book of John, chapter 12. My, what a wonderful service we had this weekend. Praise the Lord. I so enjoyed what you had to say, Brother Toby, leading us in prayer. uh My toes are still a little bruised from you, stomping all over them, but i am i'm I go to the front of the line, I'm guilty of overlooking the little miracles. I want to see a big bang and a big flash and think that that's the only way God can work, but uh, I have learned over the past few months on this journey that we've been in that he does little things for us all day long that we don't even recognize, and I'm, I'm thankful for a God that cares about the little things. I appreciate that in him, and I appreciate the word from Brother Rayleigh that we heard Sunday, and then, of course, Brother Rogers, and then we had a... Just a wonderful service uh, with Brother and Sister Williams down in Chiefland Sunday night. Praise the Lord. God is doing something in that city. God is doing something in that city. Praise God. John chapter 12 and verse 12 is where we begin our reading. And you can remain seated. The text will be kind of lengthy this evening. And we're picking up on a story here that we are all very familiar with Uh, No doubt uh, most of you have read this many times, and it's the day after that Jesus has been at the house of Mary and Martha and performed the miracle with Lazarus, and uh, so we're kind of jumping in the middle here, Uh, but I believe with the help of the Holy Ghost, the Lord's going to give us something tonight. John chapter 12, beginning with verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, "Hosanna! Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord." And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, "Fear not, daughter of Zion; behold, thy King cometh, the sitting on an ass's colt." These things understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause, the people also met him for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceiving ye how ye prevail nothing, behold, the world is gone after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, and finally concluding with verse 23, and Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. I'm going to preach to us for just a few minutes tonight, I'm going to be mindful of the time, but I want to draw our attention to the conclusion of verse 21, and I want to use that as a a topic or a, or a subject, if you will, and preach from this. It's Jesus that we must see. It's Jesus that we must see. Would you pray with me? Father, I love you and I'm so eternally grateful for the privilege to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And I'm grateful for the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost that we have already felt in this place. No doubt you have moved among us and you're here now And I'm asking that you continue to reside here with us, that you would touch our hearts, touch our minds, and let us be able to hear what thus saith the Lord, not just to hear the word, Lord, but to be a doer of the word. I thank you for that, and I ask for your touch upon me, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and the whole house said amen. Amen. There were many people that were at this feast as we read that, and that's very similar to just like... Uh, church every Sunday across this country, there are people that come in, and and those that are come in, and these these groups of people that are come, there there's spectators in them, and there's hypocrites and skeptics and doubters and scoffers. But in the midst of the congregation, there there are always a few select people who come, and who come for only one reason, and that is to see Jesus to to truly worship the Lord. They didn't they didn't come to spectate. They didn't come to criticize. They didn't come to impress anybody with their new hat or their new suit or their new dress. They just they just come to see Jesus and to worship him. How, how many feel that way? I've I've come to the house tonight to to worship him not because not necessarily because I just need something from him, but I love him. He's been good to me, and I want to worship him. I, I, I love I, I love each and every one of you. I, I love the fellowship that comes from this congregation, and, and I, I love the, the camaraderie that we have, but I came to worship Jesus. I come to lift and and to magnify his name. Being here tonight gathered with you is just a a little bonus that he throws in, but my, my purpose, my goal, my mission tonight is to worship Jesus and to come in contact with him. The Greeks that we read about earlier in our text, they say that they've come to worship and they know that if they're really going to worship Jesus, they need to see Him. And if you and I are really going to get a hold of Jesus, if we're going to worship Him in spirit and in truth, we're we're going to have to see Him. In recent days, I've been preparing and studying for this, and this scripture has caused caused me to be stirred in my soul that the church and, and mainly me, I'm speaking to myself as a minister of the gospel, have failed in large degree to present to the world just the Jesus of the Bible. We have preached organization and denomination, and we've preached religion and tradition and rules and regulation. We've preached blessings and grace and mercy. We've preached the eight steps of a breakthrough, and we've preached the seven keys to your miracle. And, and please don't misunderstand me tonight. All of those are necessary messages. They're, they're necessary preaching. They're necessary teaching. Uh, and I'm putting myself at the front of the line with what I'm about to say, but my concern today is this. That if we're not careful, we'll preach the Bible so well, but forget to preach Jesus. If we're not careful, we cover up Jesus with our laws and regulations and we get so enamored with the privilege and blessing of being a child of God that we have forgot or at least misplaced the Jesus of the Bible. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying here, please. We we cannot back up on standards. We cannot neglect our responsibility to preach doctrine and holiness. However, there is today, as there was in the days of Bible, uh, in the days of the Bible, a cry from the human heart, and that cry from all across the world is, "I must see Jesus." I, I love this church. I love this doctrine. I love the teaching and the preaching at this church. I believe in the traditions and and the practices that we do at this church but we can never forget the church who is the head of the church and that is a living God and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. If a lost soul gets a hold of Jesus, it's Jesus that will work out all the other stuff and for some it may take longer than others brother Larry sometimes we're guilty of wanting to rush in and fix a situation but I assure you if we'll back off and let the Holy Ghost do its work when the Holy Ghost is done we'll have a child and a saint of God on our hands It's not religion and tradition or doctrines that saves the lost or heals the sick or sets the captives free. It's Jesus. He is the Savior. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost in fire. I sadly tell you tonight that there are those in the body of Christ who have lost sight of Jesus. But even worse than that, is the fact that so many don't even realize that they've lost this vision. Uh, There are those who have allowed other things to displace that vision, and now they would rather have religion than have Jesus. They would rather have a tradition than Jesus, would rather have blessing than Jesus. It's amazing how people want prosperity, but they don't want Jesus. They want healing, but they don't want Jesus. They want power, and they want joy, and they want peace. But they don't want Jesus. We'll see a great revival in the church when the church begins to cry out, I must see Jesus. Around the world today, there are churches shutting down and locking their doors. And I believe that we have seen, and we are seeing one of the worst things that come out of this pandemic. Please, please please don't misunderstand me. I I'm, I agree with the guidelines that we need to follow. I agree with the social distancing, but people have gotten comfortable and have figured out it's a whole lot easier to sit at home and watch some online preaching in your pajamas than it is to come to the house of the Lord. I've heard several, listening to several different things over the last few months. I won't call no names, but People that have online media churches are boasting of how their online media is almost doubling because people have come to realize I don't need to go to church I don't need to fellowship I can sit right here in the comfort of my own home right here in this lazy boy with my feet kicked up with my computer in my lap and I can watch the preaching that I need but let me tell you tonight nothing replaces what we have felt in this house today nothing can take the place of being joined together and magnifying in unity and strength in lifting up the name of Jesus it's Jesus that we need it's Jesus organizations organizations are dying people are leaving their churches and why i believe in to a large degree it's because we as the church and ministers of the gospel have failed to present Jesus to them jesus said if i be lifted up from the earth i will draw all men he didn't say lift up your church Lift up your denomination, lift up your organization, lift up your doctrine, and please don't don't think I'm preaching against organization tonight. You've misunderstood me if that's what you think. Nothing could be further from the truth. We need organization, we need fellowship, we need structure, but Jesus didn't say lift up your religion, your tradition, or your philosophies. He said lift me up. Talk about me, witness about me, preach about me. Teach about me. Let me, let Jesus be in your testimony. Let Jesus be in the preaching and the singing. Let Jesus be the main attraction. Jesus said, let me be the reason for your gathering together and then I will draw all men unto me. And your churches won't die, but they'll be alive. Churches won't be empty, but they will be filled with hungry, thirsty, broken, and needy people. We would see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We, we must see Jesus. We, we can't settle for anything less than a personal contact with Jesus. Don't, don't just tell me about him. Don't just show me pictures of him. Take me to him. That's what the lost are crying. Preacher, take me to Jesus. Pastor, take me to Jesus. Saint of God, take me to Jesus. If you can't take a lost soul to Jesus, we have failed in our mission. If we can't lead somebody to Jesus, we have failed. If we can't take the bound and the oppressed, the sick and the diseased to Jesus, we have failed in our mission. I've been under conviction about this because I've been doing a poor job in my mission to get people to Jesus. But I'm, I'm trying to see my mission with new eyes. Paul the apostle said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul, he was, we all know that he was a highly educated man. He was deeply spiritual, but with all his wisdom and knowledge and spiritual experience, he determined to hold himself to the preaching of Jesus Christ. Paul recognized that we do need the foundation of the church. That That is a must. It goes without saying, but Paul said we've got to preach Jesus. He determined that he would hold himself to preaching the, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and him coming to rule and reign in our lives. Romans 1 and 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, The just shall live by faith. The gospel, hear me ladies and gentlemen, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. This salvation is all inclusion. It's healing for the body, it's deliverance to the bound, it's peace, it's prosperity, it's wholeness. We don't need the gospel just to get saved. We got to have the gospel to live every day. I've got to have this every day. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the life that Jesus lived and the death he died and the victory that he had over the enemy. And we have to present the world with the Jesus that comes out of this Bible, the Jesus of mercy and compassion who, who cast out devils and he heals the sick and he, he cleansed the leopards and he raised the dead and he works miracles and signs and wonders. And what scares me to death is that there are churches today that preach that there are no such things as demons or devils or a hell. That's just a figment of somebody's imagination. But I come to tell you tonight, my Bible tells me there is a hell. There is a place that we're going to spend in an eternity. And the only way to escape that is Jesus. He's the only answer. They're telling people that miracles and signs and wonders was just a thing for the early church, that the that speaking in another tongue was just something for the 120 in the upper room. But I'll tell you that the devil is a liar. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus said in Mark 16, the first sign that would follow his true believers was, In my name they shall cast out devils. Then he said they shall speak with new tongues. So don't try to tell me that tongue talking is a thing of the past. Jesus said a born again believer would speak with a new tongue. This is the Jesus of the Bible and this is the Jesus of the Bible that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When the lost see him dying on a cross for their sins, when they repent and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, when the when the sick and the afflicted see him at the whipping post taking those stripes for their sickness, I believe in church doctrine based on the word of God. I believe in divine healing. I believe in prosperity. I believe in the church as a divine institution ordained by God. But my primary mission has got to be to preach Jesus. If you take Jesus out of the Bible, there is no good news. If we take Jesus out of preaching, we're just, we're just blowing hot air and listening to ourselves talk. Without Jesus in our singing and teaching and preaching, there is no gospel. And what the world is dying to hear is Jesus. It's Jesus that they want. We wonder why sometimes there's such a lack of power in the church. Why is there so much sickness in the church? Why is there so much oppression and depression in the church? Why is there such a lack of presence of God in my individual life? I believe it's because the vision of Jesus has been blurred. We don't see Jesus as we should. And I'm not here to paint your world gray or cast stones tonight, but we, we sometimes see Jesus through a fog or a, or a mist You know, maybe it's because I've got too much on my mind, Brother Larry. Maybe it's it's because we've allowed ourselves to get too busy. Maybe I'm involved with work too much. Whatever it might be, we have to ask ourselves, how can I see him again clearly? We've got to hear the Bible preached in a way that sets Jesus forth as the center of attraction and attention. The Savior, the Healer, the Deliverer, the Miracle Worker. Jesus, the friend of sinners, I am so glad that I serve one God and his name is Jesus. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He's all I need. He's everything I need wrapped up into one. I hope this is not too transparent, but I'm assuming that most of your homes are like mine in the shower area or the bathroom area. We have some Little tile shelves in the shower, several of them, and and there's probably a half a dozen bottles, Brother Kenny, of of Jennifer's. There's a there's a shampoo, there's a conditioner, there's a there's a, a scalp hydrator, there's some there's some body soap, there's they, they some soap to make the skin soft, and I'm glad she uses them. Don't misunderstand me; it makes her just as pretty as ever. But I I look in the back corner. And I got my 64 ounce, one bottle, one big pump, says hair, face, body, anything you need is right there in that one bottle. I'm convinced I could take it out to the shop and it'd make a good engine degreaser. But it's all in one. Everything we need tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is in one. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning, the end, the wonderful, the counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty God. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. He's the day star from on high. He's the bread of life. He's a sanctifier. He's a justifier. He is my shelter in the time of storm. He's my shield and my buckler, my fortress and my high tower. He's my rock and he's my anchor. He is my lion and he is my lamb. Can we magnify the lion and the lamb tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One songwriter put it like this. He is my everything. He is my all. He is my everything. Great and small. And his name is Jesus. We we have the answer to every problem in the world. Everything that exists today that is causing chaos and turmoil, I have the answer for it right here. The human heart is crying out if we could just see Jesus, who is going to take the blind sinner by the hand and lead them to Jesus, the Savior? Who's going to take the sick and the suffering and lead them to Jesus, the healer? Who's going to take the bound and oppressed and lead them to Jesus, the deliverer? I'll tell you who. It's those who have seen Jesus it's those who have been in contact with him and have a relationship with him. It's those who live day in and day out with Jesus in their lives. In closing, as our musicians come, Jesus asked the question of his disciples, Who do the people say I am? The disciples begin to tell Jesus what they had heard others say about him. But you see, Jesus won't handle for second-hand information. He won't stand for second-hand information. He wants to hear straight from us. And so he requires that we know him by personal revelation. And so he pressed his disciples, who do you say that I am? And I'll tell you tonight that we can't build our lives on second-hand information. God wants me in the altar. Mama can't pray for me. My pastor can't have a prayer life for me. It's gotta be me that sees Jesus for myself and has a relationship for myself. Jesus responded to Peter, thou art, or Peter responded, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter was blessed. Because he had a revelation of who Jesus was. In the book of Numbers, the children of Israel had murmured against God and some poisonous snakes came into the midst and and bit them and many of them died. Does everybody remember that story? And then they cried. They was begging uh, for mercy. And so God told Moses, he said, I want you to make a serpent and put it on a rod. And you hold that serpent up in the midst of the people. And everyone that will look upon this serpent that's on this pole, they're going to be healed and they'll live. And that brass serpent on that pole was symbolic of Jesus dying on a cross, suffering for our sins under the judgment. Everyone that was bitten lifted up their eyes and looked at that serpent and they were healed. And I'll tell you today, when we lift up our eyes and get a revelation of Jesus we can be healed. We can be delivered. We can receive everything Jesus accomplished through his life, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and in his living and abiding in us. I'll ask you to stand across this house. The only way that we can accomplish what he would have us accomplish is for us to know him intimately. There is a design plan. I know I'm beating an old drum, but there is a design plan for every man, woman, and child in this house. But we have a responsibility to be diligent and work after that plan. And there is a lost and dying world. Sometimes we get so busy and I, I let me back up sometimes I get so busy brother Larry and I don't pay attention to the people around me and there are people around me that are hurting and they're begging they're begging for somebody to take them by the hand and show them some compassion and some love and some mercy well brother Jerry they're not like me I don't associate with that kind of group well they're not supposed to be They're not supposed to be like us. It's our job to go into the highways and the byways and compel them. And when we can usher them into the house of the Lord and when they can see Jesus, it's Jesus that we must see.